Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey, hey team. Okay, this week we're going to talk about romanticizing alcohol. Now, me and Ellie know that this is something that can pop up for people early on, but also a little bit down the line as we perhaps go through our first summer or our third summer or whatever it is, you know, we go on a big holiday or something like that. And we're always getting these kinds of, you know, targeted messages and adverts about alcohol being thrown at us. So I think this is going to be a really powerful episode for any of us, wherever we are on the journey, just to remind ourselves of just how amazing it is to be on an alcohol-free journey or living that life, you know, and how, how great that is. So we're super excited to put this out. And uh, yeah, that's really it this week. I mentioned last week that I've got a podcast that's coming out really soon. All you need to do if you want to know about that will be amongst the first to know about it is go to rebelspirituality.com and get yourself signed up hit the podcast tab have a look around the website if you so wish and uh yeah some loads of uh some just some exciting stuff coming i can't wait to launch it all right i'm gonna shut up well i'm i am in this point gonna shut up gonna hand you over to me and ellie and we're definitely not gonna shut up we're gonna waffle we'll uh we'll see you there whoa we that's a close shave why is it just being just thrown in there thrown in there with no time right. to think people might think that you're talking about me but i've actually had a very... oh, your, your peanut bush <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way mr it. sam i'm just going to say right now you if that give makes way to the fucking title of that podcast it won't it you won't. and i are over That's you can't it. you can't start have you thought about the potential ways people could read into the comment that you just made if they didn't listen to last week's conversation you talking about my peanut bush This is why very you... nicely cultivated peanut bush as well. I do, the thing is, they I don't have a garden, so I can't have a peanut bush, can I? Unless I put them out there in the garden, in the shared garden, and I, I reckon they do. They grow in hot countries. Would you like other people touching your nuts? <laughs> I don't know. They probably. I mean, they. I mean, I. I, I guess they probably taste all right, don't they? Peanuts. I love mm. a peanut. Okay. I've started buying big jars of peanut butter. Do wonder. I sometimes think, look at them and think, how many fucking peanuts are in that? And you can't. It's a bit. It's mad, isn't it, that you can buy a giant pot of peanut butter like that? I bet that's an interesting factory to go to. I've been to some factories in my time, but I've not seen peanut butter being made. Do you mm. know what one of the interesting ones? Oh, I used to work for um, Premier Foods. Shout out to the Premier Foods posse. Yeah, um, and I got to go and say <laughs> this is really funny near Bury St Edmunds. Uh, is the Branston Pickle Factory. My dad used to go there. Fucking love Branston Pickle. Don't <laughs> I? Got to go to the factory and you have to sign a form because it's a closely guarded secret what goes into Branston Pickle. So you, you're very lucky if you get to see Branston Pickle being made. And I can't right. talk. I know you want me to talk about it, Sam, and I can't because I signed the form. So I can't tell you any more than that. I know what's in there. I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's ratios that's that are. I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking. Let's go back to the peanut butter. One of my oh, look at you! You're squirming. You're worried. Brand big Branston's coming. Shit! Going to sue the shit out of you. 
I'm just going to say a big um, hello to my client that loves Skippy peanut butter. You know who you are. Whoop whoop. Oh, what's that? are you? I thought you were reading a review out. No, you keep forgetting. Hi. That's your job to bring reviews. Yeah, well, do you know what? I can't because nobody's put one in recently. Do you know a, a really lovely lady was chatting to me today, and I know that she's trying. And I've realised to anyone who's listening, Apple, they don't make it bloody easy. I tell you, those gits, they make it well hard to leave reviews. Um, oh. So here's here's a little walkthrough. You can't if you listen to us on Apple, we would love a review. It'd be really, really. It's just so meaningful for us to get those. Um, basically, you can't go to where it's saved. You have to go and search for present and sober in the like in the search bar. Find the show, scroll down to reviews, and somewhere hiding in there, there's a button that says "leave a review." It's it's it it should, in my personal opinion, if you're listening, Apple. You should make it easier. And I assume they are listening. Well, I'll uh, tell you what, we're, we're going to have premium foods on Apple on our case. We're going to have two lawsuits coming up after my, this show. My dad used to be, he was a, when he was working, he's retired now, he was a, an industrial chemist and he used to work, spend a lot of his time in food factories. And he used to get into all the factory shops where they got all the seconds and everything. Yeah, pretty yeah. amazing, mate. 20 Cadbury's cream eggs for like 50p. Walnut whips without walnuts on top. Who wants the fucking walnut anyway? Just buy a bag of walnuts. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those were the days. Toblerones? Yeah. No, I'm not joking. Although, to be honest with you, in own bargains, mate, you can get a mini Toblerone oh, for like bargains. 80p. You've gone very northern since you I moved keep, up to Moses Head. Well. I think <laughs> I'm becoming this interesting blend of northern uh, US English and just well, like... It's, well, it's, it's definitely two things. It's definitely interesting. It's definitely a blend. <laughs> they are words that people des- they people use those words to describe me all the time. Mm. An interesting blend. And this intro is going to go down as the longest one in the present and podcast history. Well, you so, didn't harness it, did you? And now I'm just look at me. I'm just standing here holding my paper. <laughs> Have you seen it? Like, <laughs> what the fuck are we on about? Are we even told anybody what we're talking about? No, nope, going to be talking about. We've <laughs> <laughs> talked about many things: Branston pickle, walnut whips. <laughs> right get on with it <sighs> let people know bite the top off stick your tongue in <laughs> they are good they are great to be fair they've gone up in right. price now three pound fifty for six now it is oh, in no, all bargains and oh that's great right is anybody still listening but today we're talking about alcohol. <laughs> sorry what was that could you uh, say that clearly with a straight face, please? Still She's gone. We're, we're trying to talk about romanticising alcohol. Everyone, we're talking. <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh, haven't seen it. That is fucking great. We're talking about romanticising alcohol. Ellie's lost her shit. It's been a while. It's been um. <laughs> it's been a while since uh, she's good. She's completely lost it. But yes, we are. Been much requested. People talk about romant- rom- romanticizing alcohol, even uh, either soon after they've gone alcohol free, or a while, or or after a year. You know, people can sort of say, you know, r- summer's coming round again, and summer is coming round again. So people will start sort of seeing people in beer gardens, having a beer, or you know, perhaps you live in. I always think you walk in, live in London, and you're walking home, and you see like the crowds of people standing outside the pub on a Friday night, and and I, and I think in those moments we can kind of get caught up into a story about alcohol 
um and we can kind of it's all it's, it's innocent but we can just forget we can just forget the reality of what's going on and i think what we're going to try and do today is is it was well, just talk to that right how was yeah. that for an intro ellie crow wow. that was good well i've recovered <clears throat> slightly mm, yes i liked your intro i like the depiction of folks standing <laughs> I, I was imagining lots of um people standing outside pubs in london with um shirts undone and what have you <laughs> Not like in yeah. a, not like in a Merseyside kind of way, in a London kind of hipster kind of way. Do you have hipsters in Merseyside? Mate, I live. Do you? Uh, you're, you need to come here because. I will. Yes, we are. We've got some right old hipster stuff going on. Um, I live very close to a hipster street. Well, I'd say it's kind of bohemian. It's more hippie yeah, than hipster. Better. Yeah, I'm not a fan um, of hipster. Really, I like, I like more hippie. Yeah, more there's more kind of um yeah. Not not that many kind of like highly styled tashes around. And that's not just the way with highly styled tashes. <laughs> um right, should we, yes, we, can't, a, we don't seem to have to get vision. started, do we? Yeah. Uh yeah. I I had a vision. Uh, this is the thing, it's so evocative because well, for a couple of reasons. One when you make the decision to go alcohol-free, so for me it was in, I don't know, what, December, January, then naturally things shift, seasons change, and so you kind of go through this flow of like, oh, this is a new experience. Oh, I hadn't thought about this one. So you don't think about patio drinking in the winter typically, but you might be thinking sure. about having a nice red with a roast dinner and a fire on on a <laughs> in December or January um <clears throat> so so naturally there's going to be the ebb and flow of life change of the seasons the th the different things the different experiences that come up uh and we're going to talk in a little while about why taking an extended break can be a, a really useful idea the other thing to consider here is just how many associations we have with alcohol and how deep they run so be it i've heard people talk about you know seeing like a, a chilled glass of white or rosé in the summer sunshine or it might be a crisp cold beer or it might be being on holiday and then serving pina coladas or margaritas yeah. you know we've all got these associations that are plentiful and have been usually have been um reinforced over a lot of you know different occasions and uh, an expanse of time and so they can feel very powerful but they can be blown apart in an instant which is really cool uh, but there's a big the the big when we talked about this before recording the massive rabbit hole we went down was talking about the difference between um how did you describe it? the difference between believing something and actually knowing it yeah and so yeah. that that'll be no doubt a big part of this conversation yeah and this kind of it dovetails with a lot of stuff we we did a podcast a while back 60 something i think it might be about grieving alcohol this kind of mm. this kind of dovetails a little bit with that but um i think the first thing that might be really important to talk about is 
when we're romanticizing alcohol, we're we're not dealing with re, like reality. Like we're not we're not suddenly getting an updated version of of like the the truth of what alcohol can and can't do for us. Very often, what's happening is we're like we all we know the reality of it. Like it's literally been sucker punching us left, right, and center. Um, mm. We're like we we know that we we don't need to be dealing with the reality of it, right? But over time, as we heal and as we move away from the experience of what it's like to wake up every morning and feel shit. And I mean, ultimately think about it, wherever you are on your journey, you went on this journey, you've been guided to do this. We don't get guided to do that unless it, you know, unless for very good reason at the end of the day, if someone truly is really not drinking a lot, they can absolutely take it or leave it. It's having zero negative impact on their life and et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're not, they're not on a journey to, to be alcohol free. There's, that that's just how it that just looks how it is to me and so i think for all of us we've just in this, in those moments where we start romanticizing we've just bought back into a story that we've already seen through to some extent and like you said mate there might be layers of it that still need to shift in summer for example it's bringing those things out of us and and, the, and i don't know about me this is that so this is what's kind of i was talking a bit about my story about how i stopped drinking because we both it was kind of a different path for both of us for me when i was sort of 20 six or so i was drinking really quite heavily um and i realized ah you can't do this anymore man like this is you know the writing's on the wall i mean i'd been there many times before um and going on that journey i started like having a month off and then i'd have a few months back on and then a few months back in again and for me in my for whatever reason in my experience it wasn't it wasn't necessarily stopping for a while. It was staying stopped. And then every time I went back to drinking, I'd plunge back into more kind of extreme drinking. And then I wouldn't know how to stop. So I'd have to, I'd, you know, get really bad. Like I'd have a, I'd feel really, really awful. I'd have a horrible experience again. And then I'd stop for a while. And at the end of those periods where I'd been alcohol free, and this by the way, is true for a one month period, alcohol free, a three month period, alcohol free, an 18 month period, alcohol free about three sips into the beer i was like fuck you mug i've done this again like they were the, I'd be like here we are and i'd see it all again and i'd realized that i'd just innocently fallen for um a huge trick and i mean there's a number of reasons why this might happen for someone i mean i can kind of talk about what it was for me but I think I still had this inherent idea that life, like there was a a realm of feelings that were going to be provided to me via alcohol that I wasn't going to get any other way. Um, and, and ultimately, I still didn't fully know how to connect with people. I was still working through. Yeah, I still I just I didn't I didn't know. Like I could I could parrot it all. All during those months, I could tell people, yeah, alcohol shit, it doesn't do this for you. It doesn't do that for you. It only, you know, it ruins everything, da dee da dee da But I can tell you, when I finally got it, when you were talking about the difference between believing something and knowing it, it was fucking obvious to me. It was like, oh, right. Like, alcohol is not going to help me do this. It's not going to help me. To Suddenly, I stopped sort of saying it in my head, and it just looked completely real to me. I had no reason to try and convince myself of it. I had no reason to try and um, remind myself about it. 
so often when people are romanticizing stuff, I think it's just that we're still on a journey and that's okay. Mm. Very often it's, there's an opportunity there, as you said, there's an opportunity in that moment to see something powerful. Because if you can ask yourself, is that true? Are they actually having more fun stood outside that pub? Is that actually true? Could I not be be with there with them, with my soda water, having a good chat, and then going home, getting a good night's sleep, waking up tomorrow and feeling amazing? Are they actually gaining anything from the experience that's happening having happening right there? What would happen if I took myself into the moment, felt the warm sun on my face, and just got curious and engaged in a conversation? What might happen then? Like there's there's always a wealth of opportunities just around every corner, right? Mm, yeah yeah definitely but I, th- I think the <clears throat> the thing that facilitates it is being open to whatever happens to not prejudge it to not have a predefined idea of how it uh, should be but to just be open to the <clears throat> excuse me be open to the experience because otherwise we get we we literally get in our own way so that to me is subtractive too. It's like letting go of all the things that we think that we know and being mm. entirely curious. And I like the whole like, um, what's the word? I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but it's effectively like being um, compassionate with yourself through well, that's one thing about compassionate inquiry. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because if you can, if you can be with yourself entirely for your whole experience, irrespective of how it turns out, how it feels in the moment, but you can stay with yourself, there's no greater gift. And ultimately, you will learn something in the process at this deeper level that we're talking about. So not as a cognitive exercise, cognitive exercises have their place, but there's a big difference between starting awareness to then understanding something to then actually knowing it and it being a felt experience, a that that deep, I don't even know how to describe it. This is a visceral thing. You were when we were talking earlier on. You were just saying it's just like, well, it's fucking obvious. It's just yeah. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems like it seems like it's funny, right? In the areas of our life where we're kind of going through all of the things we know to be true about that thing, and we're like, I know all this to be true. However, mm. I'm still, just because we kind of get it intellectually, just because we've got it's occurred to us, just because we've had the thought, oh, that's probably not going to help me. I know that's not going to make it any better, for, ex- for example. Really knowing something, it's not cognitive, really, in that way. It, and I think so what happens is when we really realize it, it becomes real for us. We know like, it would just yeah. makes no fucking sense for us to be going, well, I believe this to be true and that to be true. 
I just walk home from work and go and hang out with my mate outside the pub, drink soda water, have a great time and then go home. Right. It doesn't like, and that's coming, that's coming. And you'll know when, and that's the promise of true liberation. There's no longer any convincing or conjoling or reminding or any of that. It's, it's just real for us. It's just true. Um, and, and yeah, it, so actually in a funny way in my life, I kind of know that if I'm very heady about something and I'm kind of, that's actually the space where I most likely don't see it, <laughs> even, even though I might swear blind that I do. And in the places where I do see it, it's just fucking easy. It's just, you know, it's like actually Jamie has a way of describing this in, in clarity. He talks about how there are parts of our life where we're just really close to how it actually works in reality. And there are other parts of our life where we're really far away. And when a bunch of thinking falls away, when you realize stuff or have insights and you just move closer to how it actually works, life just gets easier in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly you're just like, oh, that's easy now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's and it, right. that's the signal. Mm. That's the signal. And it's not necessarily even that you've got like a fresh new belief or a fresh new, often, very often, it's actually the falling away of a bunch of thinking that just mm. wasn't necessary in order for you to engage with life. Mm. Mm. Oh, this is, yeah this this is really important because so often it's it's interesting because i'm coaching a number of small groups at the minute and it's really wonderful to have kind of tenured people in there that have been through programs like the path and have amassed a lot of um as i say knowledge but a lot of um information and um their own experience and things will be offered like um, I hear a lot, uh, not just in my small groups, but in programs like the path where people talk about tactics like playing it forward. Mm. And and those things can be really effective for people. But I, I had an instance re- uh, recently, in fact, two, and I, not that I, I'm, like I'm never going to encourage somebody to drink that doesn't want to drink. But I don't want anybody to be clinging on by the skin of their teeth. I don't want anybody to be afraid of having an, a drinking experience. Because if we if we need to have a particular experience to know something, then clinging on and utilising a tactic like playing it forward, it, it may prevent you from drinking but it's also going to prevent you from the knowing. And it's that knowing that is then ultimately going to take it to liberation. So I don't want anybody to be afraid of having a drinking experience. And there's a big difference between um, I'm having, I'm choosing to have this drinking experience because it makes sense versus I'm just kind of like letting myself off the hook and, Having a, having a cheeky data point here, like it's it it, it feels like you can't, people sometimes say to me like, how do you know? I'm like, well, you know, like I don't know, you know, mm. it's you, it's your body, it's your experience. You know, you know whether you're kidding yourself or not. And even if you are, so what? So what? You'll still learn something. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it looks to me that however many times I read the books or did all that stuff. There was like a journey. There was a, a, a much deeper journey happening, which was for me, you know, you know, talk about in sort of this naked mind beliefs at the level of um, substance beliefs at the level of society beliefs at the level of self. I mean, for mm-hmm. me, 
And I think really for all, almost all of us, there's often a flavor of, you know, medicating ourselves against something or into something. So trying to put ourselves into certain feelings or trying to, you know, it looks to me now that my, my, my life was like a, this like yo-yo between trying to avoid anxiety and trying to live in a constant state of bliss. And, and it was like this. And and the irony of that is I would experience more anxiety and, you know, with drugs and alcohol, there were moments where it, it would like, I'd get a moment, but then the irony again would be there's, you know, it would, it wasn't coming from, <clears throat> I was just fucking around with my neurology yeah. rather than those moments coming from a deep kind of cosmic sigh of like, oh, you're yeah. okay, man, you're actually okay. Like I didn't believe that to be true. And so I think for me, a lot of the journey that was really going on underneath it is the moment I truly realized for myself, you don't need to be afraid of your feelings. They cannot harm you. They can't take you down. You're going to be, you're okay. Like and many and, and other insights in that realm. Suddenly, a whole bunch of stuff that had looked intellectual then just looked true to me, just looked real. Because if someone might tell themselves till the cows come home, I know alcohol doesn't relax me. I know alcohol doesn't relax me. But if uh, a, but if you haven't seen the the truth of that statement yet, at the deepest level, it doesn't matter. Like you might unconsciously be driven to to reach for that because it seems, you know, it doesn't. It like there's a there's a really. I think a lot of people they innocently beat themselves up because they have the conscious stuff going on. And they think they then they use it as a weapon against themselves. They're like, I know better. I've got a whole list of things. I know why it's bad for me. Why am I such a dickhead? What's the problem with me? I'm fucked up. Everybody else gets this. I know the best thing and I still keep doing it. It's like, no, this stuff is, this stuff is deeper. Like it's a, like a lot of it's unconscious. A lot of it's just running at a level that we don't have any awareness of. The only awareness that we get of it is the feelings. You know, of the of all the thoughts we have in a day, thousands upon thousands of them. We're not aware of them all. Lots of them are invisible. They're unconscious, they're subconscious. Feelings are how we navigate them. They're the the kind of the the other side of the coin that we're experiencing. And and I think often it's insights into that realm. It's insights into the nature of our experience that have the most profound impact on people. Because then suddenly they stop feeling like they need run from any of that. Mm. So I could learn alcohol science until the cows come home. But until I realized, really realized, that anxiety was, I was not an anxious person. It wasn't my identity. It was just something that moved through me every now and again. And it was completely safe to experience it until I started realizing stuff in that realm. Until I started realizing that there's a whole world of good feelings that are very subtle, that are below the ebb and the flow and the storms of emotions that are deep that are truly a well of well-being, a well-being well, till I really started to understand that and that drugs and alcohol were never going to give me that. No, I, I, I wasn't sort of, my brain would still, it would still make sense for it to do things like romanticize and stuff like that. So I just want to, you know, Ellie's, Ellie's just sent me a private message saying my, my connection is fucked again. <laughs> How's it now, Ellie Crow? 
Well, I think I'm here now, but it keeps dropping out, mate. So if I disappear, that's that's why. If I start so talking I... like a robot, I am a robot. Like not like that, but you that know how it does. Amazing. Did you so see Ellie my arms moved. as well? I am. We we were having internet problems. Ellie lives like in a in a field somewhere in the middle of in the middle of a bunch of mud. That's a beautiful field. It is nice. Mm. Anyway, that was a proper old accident because it is actually a field. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you um, heard in the middle. I had a whole rant about there was a was really good. with a sequin hat in there, and yeah. there was some there was all sorts of stuff going. Do you know on what I um I almost bought you a badger at the weekend. What, a real one? No, oh. a stuffed one. And then I realised I was perpetuating the um. You can't you can't go around doing that to people. No, I didn't because it it pains no, me no. to keep buying soft toys. No, as in you can't go around telling people you've bought them things and then... Oh, and they're not bought. I'll buy you something else. I'll find something else to buy you. I saw a... Um, Peanut seeds or something. A, it was, he was really expensive. He was a Mr. Badger from Wind in the Willows, but he was like a... What's that? What's the brand? The old Teddy brand that's really... Um, if you've got Stife. one... Stife. He was one of them. It's so Stife. he was like really expensive, but he was cool. He mm. was cool. Anyway... Uh... <laughs> done it again whoa have we talked about how taking an extended break is really helpful no that's a good place to talk about and good thing to talk about yeah so earlier on well it doesn't matter when we talk about it effectively what we what we're offering is that a, a bit like I was saying before about not being afraid to experience certain things, allowing yourself um, the opportunity, you know, the whole compassionate, <laughs> compassionate inquiry thing. Thanks, Coco. Uh, if you decide to take something like a year off, Coach Emma Gilmore did this. She decided right up front, I'm doing a year. Just going to yeah. see what happens. I'm going to do a year. And the thing, the byproduct that was great for her was people stopped harassing her to drink because yeah. they just accepted, all right, oh, she's not then. I'll, I'll come back, I'll come back in January of uh, 2021. Um, but what, what she was aiming to do, the intention that she had was she wanted to experience everything alcohol-free because then she effectively had the other side of the coin. And so the, there is an element of cognitive processing there, but whether she realized it or not at the time by going through each of those experiences, she was giving herself the felt visceral experience, which mm. is the thing that then lends itself to not just the, you know, we have the awareness and the understanding, but then this is the, this deeper layer of knowledge. The, the thing that we often struggle to put words to, because it's just, as we said earlier, well, it's just fucking obvious. That's just how it is. Sorry, you were yeah. going to say something? No, that's really cool. I think it's just that decision for like for anyone who's in a position where they've had months on, months off. I mean, even if you're in a position where you feel that's for me, the amazing thing about a year is that one decision cuts all the bullshit out. Your mind might be like, you know, using the example of the kind of beer garden walking through London thing, your mind might kick up a bunch of shit. But if you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I said to myself, I'm just going to enjoy stuff. What comes, comes what come what may. Sometimes you'll 
have the most amazing night you didn't expect to have. Sometimes you'll go to a night thinking it's going to be amazing and it might be a bit flat. Sometimes you'll just get so much data. You'll start to realize that your experience is flowing through you. And then, and then at the end of that time, you're going to be in a really different place. Like life will literally teach you along the way. You're going to have so many realizations and in the and insights along the way that you don't know are coming that when you get 12 months down the line, I mean, I haven't met that many people who've got that far through who haven't properly nailed it. And like me, it may be that there is a return to drinking for a while. But but even then, what what kind of happened to is that was like by phase all it was like phase one, a bunch of stuff that needs to be looked through, and sorted out. We went through all the a, a whole bunch of stuff that I learned and had realizations around alcohol and about society and stuff like that. Proved a bunch of my stuff stuff to myself. Went back to drinking. A whole bunch of self stuff came up. Phase two, <laughs> dealing with that stuff, and that's mm-hmm. where real freedom lies a lot of the time like i was riffing about when when ellie's connection went down that's that's magical so you got nothing to lose you got absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain from an experience like that and i really do think that freedom in increments is a really powerful way of going about it It can be very beautiful and a year is an an amazing amount of time to experience just everything in the calendar right exactly but it's driven by your level of success whatever success is 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 going to be driven by your intention Mm. so there's there's a big difference between i'm open to this i'm open to whatever shape form it comes in and i'm going to i'm going to be with myself through it versus one day at a time and clinging on and almost like you know i'm that that like i'm no matter what happens i'm not going to drink like that's that's got a different energy attached to it uh, and as I said earlier, like I, I don't want anybody to just be clinging on because that that you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to learn anything. You might amass some some days, but so what? Are they giving out medals yet for days? I don't think so. I don't think there's a trophy. So so what? So what? Yeah. So you take a year off, you go back to drinking. So what? the the relaxation into this and your we're gonna to have to think of another word for journey because I've got a whole thing about journey anyway but for for your process the unfolding. your ability to I'll tell you what so yeah you're unfolding <laughs> unraveling the when we've seen so many people in this environment the people that are easeful have gone through that process of like it it's it's almost like um well it's just, it's a level of surrender it's like oh right i'm not attached to achieving a certain goal they, they might they might find those thoughts come up every now and again but they're not um they're not um you know, pulled under by them. Ah, oh, no, I can see what that for what it is now, and onward. Mm. Uh, and there, it's, it doesn't mean that life isn't challenging. It doesn't mean that there aren't difficult circumstances to deal with, or that you um, experience emotional um, dysregulation. But 
you've made this commitment to be with yourself irrespective of all of that and to just be willing this is why i love what we do with this naked mind so much because it's it's all firmly based on grace first that love for yourself that unconditional love for yourself and your experience and then you you know like you, you can't go wrong with any of this you can't but the less afraid you are of your own process the less need you have for it to fit some kind of Mm. ideal that doesn't exist or be like somebody else's journey then the the more easeful process you're going to have the more joy you're going to find the more peace that you're going to find irrespective of what's going on at a um a circumstantial level ordinary mind level yeah and the more you drop your i mean look alcohol is a liquid in a bottle if you put a bottle of alcohol in front of someone who has had a lifelong, who grew up in the UK or the US or Canada or whatever, and they've had a lifelong um, relationship with alcohol, when they look at that bottle, they're going to have a whole, like the, the the experience that is genera- generated through them and the meaning is going to be vastly and wildly different to somebody who grew up in a country where for example, for religious reasons, people don't drink alcohol or they've been led to believe that alcohol is a really negative thing, right? They're going to look at that same thing and have an entirely different experience. So to the degree that we realize that what we're experiencing is is, is our story about alcohol, not the reality yeah. of it. Yeah. And the de- yeah. degree that we're able to let go of that means that there's room for something new. And so if you've got a story, like I've worked with a lot of people who will say things like, I've been drinking every day. I'm 65. I've been drinking every day since I was 15. I've got 40, 50, however many years of drinking every single day. This is going to be so much harder for me. Right. I'll talk to other people who are like myself when on this journey in my 20s. My story was I'm super young. I've got my whole life ahead of me. All my mates, they drink and take drugs like, God, if only I was doing this when I was older, it's going to be so much harder for me. Someone else, they've got their own story. Someone else says, if we're telling ourselves that, we'll, we will in, we'll innocently seek out evidence of that. What the thinker thinks, the prover proves, right? And mm. we'll go around doing that. So the more you can just notice, huh, look at that. Follow the breadcrumbs, let that stuff go, move through it. Just keep realigning to, like you said, mate, just rocking up, come what may. What's this yeah. experience going to be like? My brain's telling me it's going to be shit. I wonder, just go and find out. Um, so much gold there, so much magic there. And along the way, you'll realize that there's nothing worth going back to. It was all about fading effects bias and all these kinds of things. They're beautiful, neutral things that move through our system to help us heal from stuff. They're not bad. And once realized, they... They can just do what they're designed to do, which is just allow us to move on to this beautiful life and just and sort of just let go of all that bullshit that was happening in our life and just and just be completely present and live in the moment and live a present and sober life. Um, And like we said at the end of the last episode, that's in the post. That's in the post. And it might take some of us a few more drinking episodes than we'd like it to or a few more whatevers. But the more grace we can have for ourselves and the more love we can have for ourselves and the more we can just honor our own journey, the unique mm-hmm. journey 
unfolding path, whatever the fuck. You know, the more the more likely we are to to experience that, I think. Mm. Oh. What's really nice, Sam? Oh. Put the dogs to sleep, man. Yeah, you have. Although have you seen how Coco's doing that thing where she's trying to get off the blanket and onto the actual chair? And I took that off the other day to go and give it a shake and saw what was underneath. What's underneath? Well, my very lovely Tahitian blue chair is not as perfect as it might, as you might like it to be underneath that cushion, or that blanket. But there we go. So is that because they've even the blanket? Well, I think what Coco's done is she's licked it. So she's licked the... It does look like a very tasty chair. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, this if is I was the... going to lick a chair, that would probably be high it up would my be, list of lickable chairs. <laughs> I don't know what would come next, but, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's one, do you know, sometimes I feel like, just as just as a way to wrap this up, I sometimes feel like there's even a part of my brain that's going where's the thing to do where where's the and 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 i and i and my my mind my conscious mind sometimes does that when we record these episodes and actually the reason why it doesn't we 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 do sometimes share things to do but a lot of the time we're not we're actually looking in a different direction it's just because Those these realizations and insights that we need to have, they they don't come from up there. Mm. They don't come from there. Like fresh new stuff comes from a completely different space altogether. And every single one of you listening to this, you have access to that. If you have a story that you don't, then you're you're still gonna have access to it, yeah. but you kind of might not notice it as much. You might and and I think some people like exotify it as well as well. They think it's always gonna be this Hollywood flashing insight of like oh but actually very often it's just a quiet voice that says yeah not that way yeah and and it may be a voice and it may not be a voice it may be some people are really visual yeah sometimes it's just felt but the you're like your only your only job is to get to know it and yeah just um, familiarize yourself with what it's like and what what environment for you is most conducive to being connected to it. I mean, you're always connected to it, but to you know, to it foregrounding. There are things that I know will get in the way of me um, you know being um being in that place and there are things that I know are helpful usually it's the the case of simplifying things not necessarily adding something in but there are like there are practices that can be helpful and supportive you know things like meditation wonderful thing to do if you're looking for something to do but it it's it's not it's not required and if you even if it's, if you take something like meditation and you pursue it in such a way as I must do my five minute meditation every single day 
well, I could argue it's not going to be very effective anyway because of the energy that you're taking into it. So it's 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 not about a regimented, you know, here's the tips and tricks and the things to do. There sometimes might be something to do and sometimes not, but you're the person that's going to know. But to know, you have to be able to hear. And it might not be, as we say, an auditory thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that really I mean, helpful or really muddy? No, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't worse. think the intelligence behind life follows rules, right? It doesn't give a shit whether it's, sometimes it's going to deliver it's, it in an, in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, it's a bit um, like my tummy. My tummy doesn't like rules either. Yeah. If you heard it, growling. I think I might have just yeah. heard it then. People are going to just assume that it's the dogs. You've got to be perfect. Right, eat that fucking chair in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Whoop. <laughs> Yum, yum. <laughs> it last a while. Um, yeah, I love it. I love that you said that. And um, I, I think that's it. It's it's uh, it's all available. Um, it, none of it is a requirement. Um, you are full of a deep well of beautiful feelings. And um, you'll fall into them when you fall out of a, a busy head. Um, mm. And then if you want to meditate because you you know doing anything because we feel like we have to do it and all those kinds of it's like you know we can it's it's sometimes for some of us we love like having kind of like set set things and all those kinds of stuff great you do you um but there's no one way to wake up there's mm. infinite ways to wake up um as many people as there are on the planet and way more all them all those all those aliens as well and all those turkeys and all those turkeys yeah I met a turkey at the weekend. Did you? Yeah. What did I went do? to see our friend Coach Zoe, didn't I? Oh, she got a turkey. And she, got she got a turkey that wanders, wanders around the house. Is it? She got, has it got that thing off it that hangs off its head? They weird me out then. I used to be scared <laughs> of turkeys. Genuinely, had a fur, when I was a kid, I was scared shitless of turkeys. Just the noise. Mm. They're, uh, they're a sizable thing, a turkey. Yeah, she's got quite the menagerie at her, her gaff. <laughs> Epic. Pearl's trying to steal a guinea pig. And Coach Zoe is actively trying to give her a guinea pig. And I'm like, look, the fucking beagles would eat it. Like, this would not be a good outcome for Enid. <laughs> Enid, the guinea pig. And by the sounds of it, you might eat it. If you don't. Oh, no, I, no, don't don't eat the animals. You don't eat guinea pigs. Don't eat the animals. Don't eat the fishies. Just eat the vegetables. Just the vegetables. Right, the veggie lovely balls. team. <laughs> back to the peanut bush okay team love you all um this is descending into madness once again so before yeah. it actually does get in the anything, group anything to say any crow get in the group and do you know what? i'd love people to make a suggestion about what we can replace the word journey with oh yeah get in the group and tell us what do you want mm. instead of that we need a new word all right consider it done Ellie crow oh thanks thanks a bunch folks See you, team. Laters. <laughs>